0: This
1: is the Sports Psychology Hour with Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I cannot
0: express the gratitude what my son came and visited you. Dr. Jacobs is in his 41st year as a sports psychologist. I have seen a change in youth sports in the last 10, 15 years. I've talked about it a lot on this show. The Sports Psychology Hour. The best advice on the radio each and every week. Failure and losing and screwing up. Is something that happens in life, it happens in sports. And I think we have to teach kids how to do that more effectively. This is where sports talk gets real. That word playing, it's gone from our society in a lot of ways with kids.
2: I wanted to tell you what a great service you provide to this community. I listen to your show every week. Thank you for what you do for our community, for all the parents, coaches, and athletes.
0: And now, here's your host. Rated one of the best therapists in Kansas City, Missouri by OnlineTherapy.com, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Good morning, everybody. I'm sports psychologist, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Welcome to our show here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. As you know, I'm here every Sunday morning from 7 to 8 a.m. as we talk about the mental side of sports. Love doing the show with you each week as we get into things like sportsmanship, attitudes, teamwork, pressure, stress, Winning, losing, all those topics. I'm in my 42nd year of work as a sports psychologist, one of the first trained sports psychologists in the country. And this is one of the only regular weekly radio shows on sports psychology that exists. Our shows are podcasted everywhere, including my website, winnersunlimited.com, where you can go on and find close to 10 years of podcasts, shows I've done forever. I am on my 32nd year Here on the radio, the last 22 here at Sports Radio 810 WHB. And as I said, I love doing this show with you each week because we talk about you. We talk about sports. We don't talk about what the normal sports talk shows talk about during the week. What I try to get into on this show is the mental aspect. And if you're a sports fan, you know, you've been hearing for the last four or five years now, mental health and sports, the importance of mental health and sports, the importance of mindsets and attitudes and focus the importance of team building, the importance of being a human being, you know, athletes and coaches and even officials. I know a lot of people don't believe it, but umpires, officials and referees are people. They have feelings. They have emotions. They have to deal with stuff. You know, you watch these officials at games and they have to just be like vanilla. They cannot express anything. They cannot show anything. They just have to be very, very even keel. Now, Sometimes in baseball, you'll see an umpire lose it with a player. But you rarely see that in the NFL. You rarely see that in the NBA or at the the college level. Baseball is about the only sport where you see umpires showing emotion when they get into a heated argument with a player or, or, or a manager. So the emotional side of sports is so important. And one of the aspects that yeah, I don't care what sport you play, I don't care if you play an individual sport, a team sport, if you're young, you're old, whatever, you have to deal with success and failure. And I've mentioned on this show before, the oldest person I ever had come in to see me was about 25 years ago, and she was an 81-year-old uh, lady. Who, when I asked her why are you coming in, she said, "Quite frankly, Doctor Jacobs, my putting sucks." That is a direct quote. And she had terrible anxiety when she she was putting. Even at, at eighty-one years of age, she was shooting in the upper eighties, and but she, but her putting was awful. Sometimes she'd have close to, she said, two putts or three putts for every hole. Rarely would she she knock one in. So we worked on that. The youngest person I've ever had come in privately was an eight-year-old gymnast years ago who had several pages of goals written down. I mean, she had this whole elaborate game plan planned out for herself. So why do we play sports? What's the reason we play? Not not the pros necessarily, but, but why does anybody play? Well, there are a lot of reasons. I think at the professional level, obviously, you play to win. You play to come out on top. At the collegiate level, you play to win. High school, you want to win. Even youth sports, you want to win. But I think at the younger ages, excuse me, it shouldn't as much be about the winning or the losing as about the experience and the growth. And so one of the things that I find pretty depressing is how some people cannot deal with, with failure and losing. And the way they react, the way they respond, and, and and usually in my office what I hear are people coming in to see me with their kids. Also collegiate and professional athletes, but, but a lot of kids and teenagers who can't handle losing very well, and in part because... Their coaches can't handle losing very well. They get angry when the, the team loses. They get angry when the kids screw up. They lose their temper. I shared a couple weeks ago a text from a, a parent about his son's junior varsity high school baseball team, where he played a doubleheader. His son went 0 for 3 in the first game, made an error. At first base, didn't play the second game, and after they were done, the junior varsity coach F bombed them close to ten times out on the outfield about how angry he was with the way they played. So I'm sitting there thinking, is that how you that how you coach losing and failure? Now, it's 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 one thing if these kids were misbehaving, which they were not, according to this dad. He said they just didn't play well. So, I want to get into how do you coach your team, your individual athletes, if you're a coach, about how to handle failure and losing, and if you're an athlete, how do you deal with losing and failure? You know, you don't you don't go out and want to fail. You don't go. Out, I mean, I'm sure there's somebody that does, but most people do not want to go out and fail and screw up and lose. They want to go out and succeed and win. But how do you do that? And how do you not, and I emphasize, how do you not let failure and losing knock you down? So if you're a coach, I'd like to hear from a coach today. Let's open up our phone lines here at 913-3810-810. If you're a coach, I would like to hear from you. When your team loses, or the individual athletes you work with fail or lose, what do you say to them? How do you help them get through it? How do you work with them on overcoming that? You know, I don't care what sport you play. I don't care if it's an individual sport or a team sport. If you are a coach and your team or the individual you're coaching with fails, what do you say to them? How do you help them overcome that? Nine one three three eight ten eight ten is our number. If you're an athlete, if you are an athlete and you fail or you lose, how do you handle it? How do you react to it? How do you respond to it? Do you just get angry and ticked off at yourself and get depressed and down in the dumps? Or do you learn from that? there's a very prominent field goal kicker that I work with who, we discussed this recently when he missed a kick, a big kick in a game instead of getting angry and ticked off at himself he evaluated why he missed that, because it was in the first half and then at the end of the game He had to come on and basically kick the same kick, and he made it, and the team won and advanced in the playoffs. And in our discussion about that, his statement was, when I missed it, I tried to figure out why I missed it and then be ready for the next one. I said, did you get bummed out? No, I can't do that. I can't get emotional when that happens. I've got to be rational and figure it out. Because if I start getting emotional, what's going to happen is I'm going to put too much pressure on myself for the next one. My former co-host, one of the greatest kickers in NFL history, Nick Lowry, who worked with me for a number of years, would talk about that on this show. I mean, when Nick retired in 1996, he was the most accurate kicker in football history, and he kicked more field goals than anybody in football at that time. He made almost, I think, 84, 85 percent of his kicks. I mean, today you've got kickers making over 90%. But at the time, he was the best. And one of the things that we always talked about was when you miss, how are you going to come back in the next one? The years I worked with the Royals, spent a lot of time with some of the greatest players we had. That was something we worked on. I'll give you an example. I got hired at the All-Star break one year. The All-Star break, we started at home. And one player went 0 for 9. Nine line drive outs in a row. He was really frustrated. On the Sunday game, it started Friday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Second at bat on on Sunday, line drive out. And I would be underneath the dugout. I was not allowed in the dugout during during games. He came back and said, what's wrong with me, Doc? What's wrong with me? He started talking. I said, I don't know if there's anything wrong with you. You're hitting line drives every time. You're just getting unlucky. But you, how do you feel about your swing? My swing is good. It, it, I'm making good contact. I said, keep doing it. Next at bat, double off the wall. Next guy drove him in. High fives everybody. Comes back under the dugout. Doc, how would you know? I said, I didn't know. But just keep doing what you're doing. Counting that bat, he went and then went 11 for 13. And later in the week when I came in the locker room, pulls me aside Just says, i got to talk to about what's going on here because we've been talking. He goes, ever since that conversation I had with you, and we talked several times after, he goes, I've got 11 for 13. I said, let me ask you a question. I don't really like stats, but let's just use this as an example. Since the All-Star break, you're 11 for 22. That's 500. Can you live with that? And he just, you know, obviously, yes. But I said, more importantly, of those 22 at-bats, how many of them were not quality at-bats? He goes, just since I talked to you, 11 for 13, one was a pop-up. That was it. said, right. So you had one at-bat out of 22 that wasn't quality. Can you live with that? a couple other players started talking to me about that. I said, the focus has to be on on the effort and the quality, not the result. I have a Chiefs jersey in my office from one of the players in the Super Bowl, and it says FOE. He has that on his jersey. Focus on effort. So when it comes to losing and failure, it's going to happen. But it's how you deal with that and respond to that and overcome that. All right. right, would like to open up our phone lines, get some calls in here. I'd like to hear from you. If you're a coach and you're coaching an individual or a team and they're not doing very well, let's take the Royals right now. I mean, they won last night, but they've got the second worst record in baseball behind the A's. Who used to play here and looks like they're moving to Las Vegas. Second worst record in baseball. How do they deal with that? be interesting to find out. Because, you're, you know, you play 162 games. They could go on a 10-game winning streak as easily as they lose 10 games, although most people would say they're not going to do that. But the fact is, when you play sports, you will fail. You will lose. You will mess up. As we do in life and everything we do. But if, if you're playing a sport... And you strike out or you double fault or you you miss a shot or you lose the game. How do you come back from that? And if you're a coach, how do you coach your team when they fail? How do you coach an athlete? What do you say to an athlete when they're not doing well? Let's open up our phone lines here. 913-3810-810 is the number. I'd love to get some calls in here and see what you say. If you're a coach, if you're a parent, your son or daughter screws up, what do you say to them? On the drive home, do you get angry at them and you know, talk about why they screwed up? Are you supportive? Are you encouraging? What do you say there? And if you're an athlete and you fail, how do you come back the next next play, the next at bat, the next shot, the next game? Our phone number is 913 810 I'd love to hear from you if you're a coach or an athlete. You're a parent. What do you say to your kids when they screwed up, when they didn't play well? How do you be supportive? But if you're a coach and your team does not play well, what's the message after the game? How do you coach losing and failure? I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. We're the leader in sports, Sports Radio 810 WHB. Give me a call and let's talk. Good morning, everybody. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB here in Kansas City. I'm here every Sunday from 7 8 a.m. And we talk about the mental side of sports in this show. And today's topic is this. How do you coach losing? How do you coach failure? How do you deal with that? And I'd like to hear from you if you're a coach and your team has lost or the individual you're coaching has lost a match, lost a game, messed up. How do you coach them through it. 913-3810-810 is our phone number. I'd love to hear from a coach to share with us what you do, what he or she does with their team when they mess up. If you're a youth sport coach, you know, I think your job is to guide, to teach, to develop. Even at the high school level, that's what it should be. Yes, winning and losing start to come into play really around middle school, junior high level. That's when the score, the results become an important part of the game. Prior to that, I don't think it should matter. When you're a fourth grader and you're playing baseball, I think it should be more about, you know, did you have fun today How'd you do if you struck out? Why'd you strike out? What'd you learn from that? If you did, if you dropped the ball, why'd you drop it? You know, I hear all these stories all the time in my office about these youth sport coaches who go ballistic on kids when they fail. Yell at them, sometimes curse at them when they make a mistake. I have a saying, a good coach checks his or her ego at the door. When that happens, their ego was not checked, it's stuck in, inside them. It's all about them. You know, years ago, there was a playoff game between the Packers and the Seahawks in Seattle. Seattle was down a couple of scores. They came back and won this game. They did an onside kick. And the ball took a weird bounce, bounced over the Green Bay defender's head. It was a third-string tight end. Hit his helmet. Seattle recovered. And they showed on TV this player, obviously dejected, going to the sideline. The special teams coach ripped off his his headset, kicked it. This guy went down and sat down. The player went and sat down. The special teams coach went over there and was just reaming him, screaming at him. The guy's standing there with with his head hands over his helmet, and the coach had to be pulled away by several other players. Well, there was about three or four minutes left in the game. This guy was back on the field a few more times. You know, I get in sports you're going to screw up and fail. But I think during the course of a game, you have to have a game plan on how you're going to do it, that, react to that, respond to it, come back to it in a positive way, or else it will just be like the plague. It will consume you. All right, once again, our phone number is 913-3810-810. If you are a coach, what do you say to your athletes or team when they fail, when they lose, when they screw up? If you're an athlete and you have made a mistake and you failed, what's what do you do about that? How do you try to come back from that? All right, my producer, Kyle, played baseball in high school. His family is very involved in baseball. You said your dad and your uncle coached. Okay, so let me ask you this question, Kyle. I know you struck out at least once when you played. Okay, so what did coaches you had say to you, and how did you come back from that if you did? They,
3: you know, my coaches, they they didn't say focus on your effort like you do. But they definitely did say, you know, don't pay attention to the outcome. Now, my, my biggest problem growing up uh, was actually in the field. If I made an error, I'm sitting there. At, I played at third base most of the time, and I'm sitting there saying, right-handed batter's up, please, don't pull the ball to me. You know, After the error. After the error.
0: Okay, so the fear is there on your part because you don't want to make another one. Yeah, exactly. And then what would happen? Did you make a second?
3: tended to happen, yeah. The ball so finds you.
0: Self-fulfilling <laughs> prophecy, Kyle. Right. When you say don't do it, you do it. Uh-huh. Okay.
3: So, yeah, I'd, I'd make one problem. I'd make it, you know, don't turn one problem into another. It's basically kind of how my coaches, uh, you know, went about a mistake that I made. You know, don't let it affect the next play.
0: But you did.
3: Yeah, and I sometimes I did, sometimes I didn't.
0: Well, what was the difference between when you would make an error and then make another one on the next ground ball? Versus not making an error on the next ground ball.
3: My confidence level. Um, you know, and, and I, as I got older, I got better and better at, you know, fielding it um, and not being, you know, scared of the ball being hit to me. And eventually, you know, when I got to high school, <laughs> high school ball, I I welcomed it. I, I wanted that ball hit my direction.
0: So you weren't scared? Yeah. So there's a big thing fear. Okay, fear. I know, uh, Back in January, I had the Phillies manager, Rob Thompson, on with me. And if you want to hear a great show, great interview, uh, go on to my website, winnersunlimited.com, and go listen to that interview with Rob. I've known Rob uh, since he was a catcher at KU back in the 80s when I was KU's first sports psychologist, and uh, we've stayed in touch throughout both of our careers. For years, he was with the Yankees, and then he's, he was with the Phillies, and they fired Joe Girardi last year. I think it was June, and then named him manager, and they went on to the World Series. And years ago, when he was with the Yankees, they come to town, and we would typically go meet at a Starbucks the day after they got here and catch up. And so the last year, Derek Jeter played, and they came to town. We are going to meet, and then he called me, we need to meet earlier because I've got to take a... Derek out to the field, hit, hit uh, ground balls to him, fungos to him. So we met earlier. I said, just, you know, how, how come? He goes, well, every new city we go to, I go hit ground balls to him, about 100 ground balls to him on the infield, so he can get used to the way the ball bounces. And I thought that was very interesting. Here's a guy who's played, you know, I think it was, how many years he played? 17, 18 years, whatever it was, yet. He's still doing all these extra things, which is why the guy was such a great player. You know, I mean, when do you hear about stuff like that? You don't hear about that type of stuff very often. And and Rob would say, you know, we would we would talk about how it bounced, how to, you know, he knew how to play everything, you know, but we'd discuss it. That's that's why some, I think, when you look at some great coaches and athletes, they are not scared to mess up like like, Kyle, you were saying you were scared of it, but you eventually overcame it. But I think great coaches teach their athletes to embrace you know, the, the, embrace it in a sense. And the fourth chapter in our book, "Just Let Them Play," Gunny parents, coaches, and athletes three sports, is embracing failure can lead to fun. And we have that in there specifically because I don't care how good you are, I don't care what level you're at, you will fail. And the key thing to overcoming that is the coach who's working with you who tries to help you or hinder you on how you overcome that. All right. I haven't had any calls yet. I'd love to hear from you if you're if, if you're a coach, and I know a lot of people listen to this show, I ran into some people last night at dinner to say they listen to the show. When your team loses, when your the individual athlete you have, your coaching messes up. How do you help them move on from that instead of it becoming a snowball effect where they fail again and again and again and get in that rut? Our phone number is 913 3810 I found throughout my, my 40 years of work, and Kyle mentioned the word confidence, I, I think a confident coach... A coach who's confident with him or herself doesn't allow themselves to get angry at their athletes when they mess up. I'm not talking about behavior. I'm talking about performance. Behavior is a whole different thing. But when you have somebody, like like Kyle said, you'd make an error at third base or you miss a key shot at the end of the game. If you care about what you're doing, it's going to bother you. But the key thing is, what do you do to move on from that? You know, several years ago, Kevin Love really started this whole open talk about mental health in sports when he had an anxiety attack playing for the Cavaliers. Now he plays for the, for the Heat. But he basically passed out in a game, they ended up taking him to the hospital did all these tests on him, could not find anything physically wrong and and determine he had an anxiety attack. And to his credit, instead of being embarrassed about that, which I'm sure he probably was, he has come out and become a spokesman for mental health and sports and how to deal with anxiety. But He had a coach there, and I don't recall that coach's name is, but they didn't get mad at him. They tried to help him. Too often, what I see, you know, coaches have these expectations, and there's a word I love in sports. Expectations. You're expected to win. You're expected to beat this team. You're physically, emotionally, psychologically stronger or better. Doesn't mean diddly. Because anything can happen when you when you strap it up and go out there to play. When you put your uniform on. Whatever it is you're doing, however you do it, anything's possible. So I think the key thing is, as a coach, how do you coach the negative side of sports? When your team loses, when your team fails, whatever it is that happens, how do you react to it? So, Kyle, did you have... And I know you had good coaches, but did you ever have the opportunity to see coaches on other teams lose it? I'm sure at some point you did.
3: It was rare, um, and it usually was performance related and not behavior related. Now, my coaches growing up, if you're on the behavior side, you know, if you weren't putting in the effort there or you were out there looking, you know, lackadaisical and unprepared for the challenge ahead, then my coaches would lose it a little bit. But I, unfortunately, I, yeah, I, I did see some coaches, you know, because of the way their team performed or the result that, that uh, basically the outcome that happened, you know, wasn't in their team's favor. I have seen coaches sort of lose it on players. Why? Why do you think they did? And there's there's nothing wrong with wanting to win, but the way they they went about it, you know, that the kid did everything possible. Let's say there's there's a specific example. I remember this is a, during a tournament called the Hawaiian Hit Fest, and my team had the bases loaded. This is bottom of the sixth inning, so. You know, second to last opportunity. Um, the kid throws a wild pitch. Um, coach comes in to take the kid out of the game. So he just basically one just, pitch, yeah. Just well, he had you know he walked the walked slash hit the bases loaded. Okay, you know he allowed those base runners. He throws a wild pitch, and then coach walks out to go get him. As he's as the kid's walking back, you know, coach. Points to one of the outfielders. You know, come in. You're you're coming to pitch. The kid's walking back to the dugout, and the coach turns around and yells something at him. Uh, t- to me, things like that not okay because that kid had pitched the whole game, and you're going to yell at the kid in the sixth inning.
0: And how old were the? Was this?
3: Uh boy, sixth, seventh grade.
0: Okay. So, so the question is, what impact did that have on him later on? Yeah. And that and that's the whole thing. That, I mean, that's why I brought this up today because I, I get these comments from so many people about how, when they fail, when they lose, when they screw up, it it becomes a hurricane in their head and just a tornado in their head takes over, and then they become so afraid of that. And that's why I think I think for when you're when you're playing on a, a youth's team, a younger team that's why I think it's so important for co- when when you mess up and fail as a coach I think your job is to, is to not get angry about that not get mad at them for that because then they'll get frustrated man but say okay let's figure out why that happened you know you you look at let's take the cheese for a minute And take Patrick Mahomes, who, God willing, he stays healthy and can keep playing at the level he is for a long time. But a year ago, the Chiefs lost to the Bengals in the AFC Championship game. End of the first half, we all know that play where he threw to Tyreek Hill about the four-yard line doesn't get in the end zone. Chiefs don't score. Cincinnati comes back second half and now plays them and wins. Game goes to overtime. Harrison Bucker kicks a 44-yard field goal as time expires, send the game into overtime, and, and then the Bengals win. I think Patrick Mahomes, and I don't know him, never met him, but I've worked with several Chiefs players, they, and they talk about what a great guy he is. I think he took that personally, that I've got to get better. Yeah, I'm sure he was bummed about that, because the expectation every year for this team is, is to, now to go to the Super Bowl. But I think he took that as a learning and growth experience. I don't think Andy Reid, I've, whom I've never met either, you know, blasted him and screamed and yelled at him and told him how he sucked and he was awful. I think they tried to come up with a game plan on how to not do that at, at, as they moved on. And you saw what happened this year. So I think when you, when you take really good coaches' mindsets, I think what they do is, they know that there will be bad plays. They know there will be screw ups. They know that things will mess up. And their mindset is to stay even. I mean, you know, like I said, Andy Reid to me, with with a rare exception, if I ever seen him during games, seemed to really lose it on the sideline. The only the only time I can really ever remember him getting angry, outside of being angry at an official was years ago when Travis Kelsey uh, took a penalty flag and, and threw it. I can't remember if he threw it at the official or threw it at the other player, but he went to the sideline, and I remember Andy Reid was pissed. In fact, Eric Berry had to pull Travis Kelsey away. But when you hear Travis Kelsey talk, he talks about that, that situation, how that made him grow and learn. Because he said, hey, I, I should not have done that. I haven't met you know, somebody else. I haven't met, but you know, I, I admire that from him because I think that that play, as great a player as he is, may have psychologically been one of the biggest plays for him in his career. Because you know, I, our seats are behind the visitors' bench, so I always can see the Chiefs' sideline. And I when he doesn't, you know, he'll have a bad play, which rarely happens. You can see he's dejected, but then he. he comes back out and he has a great play after that. So I think that's where coaching comes in in terms of how you coach negativity, failure, screwing up. All right, no one's called in, like I said, I'm surprised. I thought we'd get some calls on this. We have plenty of time left on the show. I'd like to hear, if you're a coach and and the athlete or team you're coaching fails, strikes out, misses a shot, drops a pass, messes up, what do you say to them? And if you're an athlete and you've had a coach who got angry at you because you did that, because you screwed up, how did that make you feel? How did you move on from that? And how would you play? 913-3810-810 is the number. I'd love to hear from you if you are a coach. I'd love to hear from you if you're an athlete. I'd love to hear from you if you're a parent. I'd love to hear from you if you're an official. How do you deal with this? You how do you how do you handle it when some things go bad? Maybe you make a bad call out there. How do you come back from that? Once again, nine one three three eight ten eight ten is our number. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, run the leader in sports sports radio eight ten WHB. Good morning, everybody. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 10 WHB. I'm here every Sunday morning talking about the mental side of sports, and today's topic is this. When you lose, when you fail, if you're a coach, what do you say to your team? How do you, or the individual athlete you're coaching, how do you help them get through it? When something goes wrong, do you get angry and lose it? Or do you Try to work with them on it. Nine one three three eight ten eight tens the number, and we've got an old friend calling. MW, it's been a long time since we heard from you. How are you doing?
4: Hey, Doctor Jacob, great talking to you, brother. And uh, I just thought I'd call you up because uh, uh, I'm kind of excited. You know what? With the, uh, I'm I, the roles are hard to get excited about, but I'm trying to get excited about them because I really think that their pitching is going to come around and uh, they'll start playing a little bit better and. Uh, can't hardly argue with the Chiefs. The Chiefs are, you know, best team in football. and Hopefully, we'll get a little dynasty started. But uh,
0: well, you're the uh, M W. You've called this show many times, but you're the eternal optimist, especially about the Royals. Even, well, when, the even man, as well, bad as they are, it, you still are.
4: It can't hurt, you know. I mean, you know, you've got to be optimistic about everything because you know teams. There have been teams that have had thirteen like, game winning streaks. You know, come September and. Uh, those kind of things, you just you never count team out until they're officially out is the way you got to look at it because there's no reason not to be an eternal optimist because that's one. Of them that gets you up every day. You know, there's something to look forward to every day. At least you woke up, so you get going. And it's always great talking to you, Doctor. Well, you.
0: hey, you know what? Maybe the Royals need to get a uh, motivational speech from you.
4: Well, I wouldn't mind. I would do it for free. <laughs>
0: Well, you've got a great attitude, my friend. Listen, thanks for calling. Glad you're doing all right. Everything's good with you.
4: Oh, Doctor Taylor, I'm just hanging in there. That's all. All you can do is the best you can. And if that's not good enough for him, to hang with it all, so yeah, just hang in there, and you do the same. And it's great talking to you. And hopefully, the next time I talk to you, it'll be after a, a local triumph and something. We'll talk. We'll talk more then.
0: Well, let's let's see. Uh, let's hope the current win their game tonight. All right, Jim Doe. Thanks for calling in. You take care.
4: Be careful. Bye bye.
0: All right, that frees up, M.W. Let's go next to Jackson. Jackson, good morning. It's Dr. Jacobs. How are you?
5: Uh, good morning. Um, on your topic of failure, I think um, I think everybody kind of responds different. So some people might respond to, you know, a little bit more pushing from coaches. Some people might not respond as well to that. And um, I feel like as an athlete, you got to learn how to respond from failure because, Myself personally, I get I like depending on how bad the failure is, I get really down on myself. But I'm I'm still I'm still able to know and able to realize that you learn more from failure than you do from winning.
0: What's uh, let me ask you, how how old are you, Jackson?
5: I'm 17.
0: Okay, what sport do you play?
5: I'm a wrestler.
0: Oh, okay. All right. So, have you gone undefeated before?
5: I have never gone undefeated
0: well what's wrong, Jackson? I mean, my gosh, okay, you're human, right? No. it's gonna happen you're not not gonna everything doesn't happen all the time. So when you've had a bad, bad match, what do your coaches say to you?
5: Um normally, my coaches give me five, ten minutes and they come to me. They talk to me about what happened in the match, what could have what I could have done what I could have done better or what I like how my defense could have improved. They talked to me about um, how they talk to me about like how I wrestled, what meaning like if I was more passive or a little too aggressive in some points. They um, but they they never really raise their voice. They're never really they're always calm. So I'm grateful for that.
0: Well I think you've got good coaches, Jackson, because that's that's to me the way you coach. I mean, instead of getting angry at you for screwing up They try to work with you on what you did and how to get better at it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that I think I I think you you, you know you're very fortunate to have coaches like that. I'm sure, and I'm sure as a wrestler, because I worked with wrestlers my whole 42 years of of career, you've seen coaches out there who've gone berserk. Oh
5: my yes, like even at youth tournaments, there's coaches out there going berserk.
0: And why do you think that is?
5: Um, I honestly. I honestly don't know. I never really I never really found youth wrestling. Like, one, I don't think it's that deep. Like, these kids are out here just trying to have fun. And, and two, these are 8-year-old children that you're yelling at. I mean, I feel like that's kind of extreme sometimes.
0: Well, I, th- I think, Jackson, that's because those coaches, I have a saying, a good coach checks his or her ego at the door. It becomes more about the coach than it does about the athlete. What do you think of that?
5: I can agree with that.
0: Well, sounds like you've had really good coaches, and I really appreciate you calling in. You've got a great attitude here and a great perspective, and good luck to you. I hope things go well for you. It's, your mind, you. Your mindset, what you're saying, is really good. Thank you. Okay, take care. Thanks for calling in. All right. Let's go next to Ed. Ed, good morning, Dr. Jacobs. How are you doing? Ed, are you there?
2: Yes, I'm here. Yeah, go ahead well i just i want to tell um anybody that's out there um failure is not nothing you should ever be ashamed of um I was successful in sports, but I was unsuccessful in um i was they talk they my coach, they people talked me into wrestling and I never wrestled before in my entire life. Um, I was extremely good at baseball and I ended up making baseball in in the major leagues. Um, but I couldn't wrestle and they talked me into wrestling and they said, you should try this. And, um, I really wasn't good at it. I, did, I just I didn't know how to do it. But failure's not an option in life, you know. I failed at wrestling, but I never failed at baseball, and I I never failed um, playing um, football when I was young. And I grew up, and you you just learn in life. Um, Hey. It really doesn't matter.
0: <laughs> just in the excuse me, it, it really doesn't matter in the end, does it? Does it is it more about the fact you got to go out there and participate and do it more so than whether you won or lost?
2: No, well, somebody, you know, the coach I I had a I had a coach that told me he just said just try it. And we used to have to run track and do all this stuff and go around and, you know, just wear you out. But the the, the thing about life is um, what you put into it,
0: I think. <laughs> well, I think that's a good, good uh, comment, Ed, and I want to thank you for calling in and sharing your thoughts with us. Have a great day, sir. You take care. All right, that's up our line here. Nine one three three eight ten eight ten. That was that was an interesting call what he had to say there. And he's right. I mean look, it doesn't matter how good you are, how bad you are, you're gonna mess up and screw up. The key thing to me is the people who surround you, your coaches, your your support system, how they talk to you or handle you when do you do mess up? Or right, who do you have on the line now, Kyle? JR, Doctor Jacobs, go ahead.
1: Hi there. Yeah, just as a former athlete myself, and now I, I actually coach at the uh, high school level, and now coaching my own two boys in a multitude of sports. And right now, I'm actually headed to a, you know, an eight U tournament, um, and we'll be coaching our ten U team later today. It's the idea of, you know, you, we all want to win. Uh, the culture of the youth sports now is very much like if you don't win, you are a failure, and it's unfortunate. And that's messed up. It, yeah, it is. It, and instead of just teaching them the game and all the life lessons that come from sports in general that you all know about, uh, it's unfortunate that it's about winning a trophy at a tournament on a Sunday instead of growing the game and understanding, you know, what all comes out of actual, you know, of playing of sports and. And as someone who is on the phone speaking to you right now is probably one of the most competitive people uh, ever. And I, I don't like losing at the same time. It's the idea of the effort that you put in, the time commitment and the want to to get better and the progression of watching kids grow, understand and learn the game and, and do their best. And overall, I've learned as I have started to coach my own two kids that that process matters a lot more than it does of winning a trophy on a Sunday. Well, so JR, learned- you've got
0: the right perspective, sir, and uh, I want to congratulate you on that, and, and quite frankly, that's why I co-wrote my book with Pete Malone and Jeff Montgomery, Just Let Him Play, Guiding Parents, Coaches, and Athletes Through use Sports, because that's Absolutely. what people need. That people need to read that book. Because, uh, Granted, I wrote it, but that's the message. Yeah. Uh, ben Sherwood from Mojo Sports says it's the Bible of you sports, because that's why we talk about it. Sir, thanks. Good luck. Have fun today.
1: I appreciate it.
0: Thank you. Appreciate your call. You know, the reason I do this show every week is to talk about this stuff because we need to, because it's not stuff that's talked about during the week. The mindsets, the attitudes, the confidence, the perspective, it all affects these kids. And what he just said is right. I mean, you sports is so much about the winning and the trophies and all that. And that's a bunch of BS. It should be about the fun and the experience and the growth. On Sports Psychologist, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Hope you enjoy the show. You can get a hold of me at my office, 816-561-5556. My website is winnerslimited.com My email is drj at com. Our shows are podcasted everywhere, all of them on my website as well. Take care. We'll talk to you next week on the Leader in Sports, Sports Radio 810 WHB.